0: You guys, um, I have to say, I asked you to sing and love God with your whole self, and you did this morning. And thank you. It was, I mean, if you could be in front and to, to hear and to see uh, and experience that, it was it was powerful to hear your your cry out to the Lord. Um, I, I want to ask you a, a, just a quick question, and and that is, is anybody still hungry after uh, this whole Christmas season? Anybody? Just raise your hand if you're really starved. Okay, there's a few of you. Uh, I don't know what to say um, because anybody here need more cookies? Yeah, there's few. a few. Anybody need more fudge? Uh more eggnog anybody eat that eggnog stuff or drink that eggnog stuff? Uh more lefsa. How many how many have had, need more lefsa? Okay. And especially lutefisk. How many want more lutefisk? Uh, okay. You guys serious problems. It's amazing how easy it is to look forward to the whole Christmas season, and, and most people just kind of say, forget the diet, and I'm, I'm going to eat, I'm going to enjoy this, and then what happens today? I mean, you go to any of the gyms or any of the workout places, or you go to um, all the, they just talk about all the diet place, everybody is kind of flocking, saying, okay, now I'm going to start my reduction of calories. Increase exercise and all things like that. Well, I want us just to begin and just to pray, because we're going to to look at one verse. We're going to look at John chapter 4 in the weeks to come, but we're going to look just at one verse, which is kind of a key verse in this passage of scripture, when Jesus just says, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. I'm going to ask us to pray. Father, open our hearts, deepen our appetite, make us hungry to hear and understand what you said and even more than that, may it nourish us and and move in us individually and collectively as this body that represents you in this community we pray these things in Christ's name Amen just imagine if you could just imagine for a second if Jesus showed up here today okay right here in this room maybe where you live this afternoon I mean Jesus was there maybe tomorrow when you go to work or you're at school or throughout the week with whom you socialize Jesus is there what would you think what what would you feel what, what comes to your heart right away fear possibly excitement maybe joy possibly disbelief well here Imagine something else. Imagine a church, a community of people who follow Jesus doing whatever it takes to live and to serve like Jesus in their homes, with their family, at their place of work, or at their school that they attend, or with friends they hang around with, or where they shop at the grocery store, where they go and they frequent restaurants that they kind of maybe see a similar person who serves. Pretty much anywhere where you go. Imagine a church that does that And in them, in a sense, Jesus showed up. Imagine a church, the actual body of Christ. You know that we are called the body of Christ. Which gives us a hint of what it's supposed to look like with regard to Jesus showing up. Imagine a church taking seriously, wanting, desiring, hungering, more than anything else, to see the very character of Christ formed in your own heart, my heart in the heart of this body. And then living and training and committing to do those kind of practices, those very things that allow for God to begin to, to motivate us and to transform our will in our lives and to open our eyes and our ears to the very presence of the Father so that we could be like Jesus. Because this is really what it's all about if we're just going to get really honest about the whole coming of Jesus and what that means it is about growing daily in our love and trust to Jesus so that Jesus is actually formed in us so that as we leave here Jesus shows up in our our marriage relationships in, in our families with our kids or with our parents or with our grandparents or where we work Jesus seems to show up Because our character becomes his character. Our will is being fashioned into his will. And increasingly your life. You begin to live as if Jesus himself were living in your place. You move from having just a faith in Jesus. Think about this. To having the faith of Jesus. Wouldn't that be really different? You move from just loving and having a love for Jesus, to a place where you actually express the love of Jesus. You move from a place of just wanting to serve Jesus to a place where Jesus is now actually serving through you. Well, as we look at this passage of scripture, that is what Jesus wants to do. In fact, the reason he came and he lived his perfect life and he sacrificed his life on a cross was in order to put us in touch with God the Father so that we could know God and we could begin to live like Jesus. And what is even more than that is the resurrection is is the statement of the power of God to be able to transform each and every one of us to become like him. And beyond that, he gives us the Holy Spirit. This Holy Spirit, he at one point says, wait, and then the Holy Spirit comes. And for all who have placed their faith and their trust and, and begin to start saying that I want to be conformed into the character of who Jesus is. I want Jesus to show up in my life. Not only do you have the power to do that and to be transformed over time but you actually have the spirit of God residing in you. That was the whole reason the temple was destroyed because he didn't want people continuing to go to some temple. He wanted people to realize that just like Jesus himself had the temple of the spirit inside of him, we have the spirit of God inside of us and it's through his power and ability to bring Jesus everywhere. So if you look at the life of Jesus and then you listen to what he says in John chapter 4, verse 34, you get an idea of what it takes to become like Jesus. He kind of throws out before us in just a sentence what it what it one of the just simple things. We make it so difficult, but you just read this and and we will read it and you'll see there's, there's there's a few things that are really important. But the context, let me give you the context of what's going on. Jesus has just left Judea. He decides to take a shortcut. He most Jews would go the long way around Samaria. They didn't want to go through Samaria, but he takes a shortcut through Samaria. He's tired out. He's been working. He's been, uh, you know, walking now for quite some period of time. And as they're going through, they come to a local, very historic well where Jacob had had actually dug this out. Archaeological um, findings show that it's like if they thought it was about 100 feet. It's 125 feet deep. It's Jacob's well. And at that well, it's noon, and he's tired. And he, he I can just see him saying, guys, I'm really tired. But they go, don't you want food? Just down the road a little bit, you know, town, we can get some food. And he goes, no, I'm just going to sit. I'm going to sit here by the well. You can see him kind of almost put his back against the, the well. And and they're more hungry than, than tired. So all 12 of them trace down to the, the local town. And there's an extant text that is a variant that says they went to Jimmy John's because it was freaky fast. <laughs> Don't know if that's true. That's, that's not included in your text. But. but as they're gone, this woman comes up at noon with a jar of water to get water from the well. Jesus starts to engage her in conversation and as they're engaging and discussing after a certain little bit Jesus comes to a point where she understands in fact if you read it it's only very few times does Jesus say I am the Messiah specifically in Judea or Jerusalem or in those areas because if they did it would just start a political movement. But in Samaria, they didn't have the same. So he basically says, I am he. He explains to her this, all this stuff. And as he's doing that, she, he's finishing his conversation with her. The, the 12 are coming up with their Jimmy Jam bag and food. And she leaves. She actually leaves the jar. They're surprised. Why in the world is she talking to this a woman? And not just a woman, a Samaritan. And beyond this, this kind of woman, because you know the kind of woman... Who would show up by herself at noon to get water, unlike the others as a group who would come to get water together early in the morning when it was in the cool of the day and they would be socializing together. She comes alone, so they kind of know what kind of woman this is. And they say, Jesus, uh, you gotta eat. Brought you a number 11, unwidge. Because he didn't, you know, he was gluten free. Unwidges, you know, are just a salad and lettuce around it. Uh, no, he wasn't. He is actually the bread of life. So he was, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. And so they come up and they say, um, you know, here, here you got to eat, Jesus. And here's where we pick up in verse 31 of chapter 4. Verse 31, he says, meanwhile, his disciples urged him, rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples, kind of as they would often do, start turning to they Goes, yeah, you know, could he, could someone brought him food? I mean, maybe got some. Maybe that lady had some food. You know, what do you think he got some food? Is there a, another store that's closer here than, than we thought? And Jesus, as he kind of hears that, says, "My food." Critical line in this whole chapter. My food is to do the will of him who sent me, and to finish his work. Within that line, he says, this is my identity. I'm a servant. I'm a servant who'll do whatever it takes to do the work that God's called me to do. There's three requests that I think make up the heart of this kind of servant that's found in this verse. And there's three requests that I would love for us to live with throughout this year. And especially as we enter into this month. There are three simple phrases. Fill me, send me, use me. Say it with me, would you? Fill me, send me, use me. Now, thank you for saying it, but now I want you just to think for a second. Say, God, I'm going to, if you, if you lead it, if you're in your heart, you want this to be true. Say, say, fill me, fill me, send me, use me. On Wednesday morning, right after our 6 a.m. monthly prayer time, we meet here with a group of people and we pray once a month because we say that we know that the things that are going to be accomplished here for the kingdom of God are always things that are birthed out of prayer. It is prayer that is central. One of the things we're seeking to make more central to our church is the importance of prayer. So we meet and we met and got done. It's a little bit after 7 and I um, left to go north to spend three days in study and prayer. In silence and solitude. And as I drove up, it was beautiful. The trees were white with snow. They were The branches, if you looked at them, especially as you went up north even further, the, they were laden with snow and, and kind of bending and bowing down to the weight of that snow. And later that evening at dusk, I went out to the store. As I was going out to the store and on my way back, specifically as it was getting more just a little darker, I'm coming along and and I see throughout the whole process about 15 plus deer. I'm, I'm going along and at one point like, th- you know, one pops out, another and another, three or four, and I go along just a little bit further and there's a couple that go across and then one and a couple more and it's just like, it was incredible. I thought like, like who let, I mean, this is a deer show, who let the deer show out, you know? And I pull up to the place where I'm staying, and as I was just pulling up to turn in the driveway, I turn and I look to my right, right standing like right here is this big deer. You know how the eyes kind of get bright? Looking right at me. I just got, this is incredible. Three days of no radio, TV, podcast, live streams, Netflix, Amazon Prime Video. No other person with me there. No phone, no Facebook, no Instagram, no Twitter, no emails, no texts, unless I had to. Usually didn't do anything until about 3 p.m. Where I would just kind of check in. Yet with all those voices removed, it's, it's, it's almost kind of funny because I still couldn't get silence. I couldn't shut up. And you laugh. You stop for a while and you just, you just don't shut up right and I just I was paying attention to that and I said you know what you keep talking but here's something I want to do I have come up here God with this question Kevin what are you truly hungry for you go ahead and keep talking you know how you know, you're kind of try and take some time to really focus in prayer and all of a sudden well I wonder what the kids are doing you know that kind of thing and you just go ahead and I didn't care. You know, fine. That's just the way our, our mind and our body works. I'm up in silence and it's not silent, but I have a question. And the question is, God, what do you what do you really think I should be hungry for? I would ask this question as well. What, Kevin, do you think the people, the body of Christ, here at this church we call of Free, is hungry for? What, what, what do you want them to be hungry for? And it was this verse, and it's probably because I've been thinking about it they just kept coming back to me. Jesus, the ultimate servant, said, My food is due to the will of the Father who sent me to do whatever it takes. I'm going to live hungry. And my greatest hunger will always be to do God's will. And I'm going to live in this way that says, God, fill me. Just fill me. All the time. I can go through a Christmas season. I can eat like crazy. I can binge out on all kinds of bad food. But there's one thing that, that I want is a hunger for God. And is what I want for us is a hunger for God. That can't be replaced by anything else that just says, fill me. What are you hungry for? I believe there are some people right now who are hungry for a new start. In some area of your life, maybe a new start spiritually. Maybe before God you are completely shipwrecked. You maybe have never had God in your life. Or maybe you have had God in your life. And you remember those days when he was there. And you've come to a place. And you're coming to this place. And you're going, I need a fresh start. I need to be filled by God. And one of the things I was thinking about when I was praying about this is I was thinking, you know, God, it would be really nice to get a little upgrade spiritually. But the reality is when I look at the world and I look at the things around us, we don't need an upgrade. We need a complete filling of God to change the world, the environment, our own lives, our own church. We need a hunger for God. Do you know what's really cool about hunger? is you can read it throughout Scripture, I challenge you to think about it. If you look at even in Exodus, the the, the people are beginning to groan and and they're just groaning and it says that God paid attention to it. But it wasn't until they were just crying out to God after a series of things when they were placed in a, a position where they could not do what they needed to do which is to make a bunch of bricks without straw. The quota was just way too high and then they just cried out to God and said, God, it ain't gonna happen unless you show up. Put all kinds of vision statements out there and we can say a magic church does whatever it takes to serve this West Metro and, and by West Metro, you know, people go, what does that mean? It's just like the Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. It's just a kind of a rippling effect. God has places here. So just like in your own home, you know your first responsibility is to yourself, spiritually? And then the next responsibility is to the person that if you're married or if you are in a close friendship, if you're not married, whatever, you have responsibilities to family and then it just kind of ripples out. And I was just praying through this and thinking about this, and I, the water level of the presence of God throughout the world. Now, there's places where God's at work, but throughout our nation, and I'm not into this, you know, or, like, hear me in this. My prayer is, we don't need just an upgrade. We need the presence of God. We need the water. The, he says he'll fill the earth with the with his with righteousness, like, like water fills the sea. We need not just enough, we need it to be filled with his presence. And I'm just really, really hungry for that. I just, I just, that's what I want my life to be about. That's what I want our life to be about. And I, I can't decide for you, but I can tell you this, that Jesus said, those who hunger and thirst for what? Right? It's for God, basically. His rightness in your relationship between Him and yourself, And rightness between your relationship and your family and, and those close to you and, and where you work. There's a hunger that says, I'm just, I just want things right with God. What does He promise? Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they will what? They'll get a little drop of you know of my presence. Yeah, maybe I'll just pour a splash a little bit of me on them. He doesn't say that. He says, I'll fill you. Here's an incredible promise, folks. God responds to our hunger. Think about it. God responds to your hunger. You're here and you want a fresh start. God sees that. And if you're hungry for it, he's ready to bless it. And if you move into a place where you say, God, fill me, he will do that. He promises to do that. My wife has an interesting um, habit when she eats. and I, um, I wrote this in my notes, so I'm going to say, you know, I, I probably haven't told you. I love my wife, Grace. She's not feeling well today, but I, this, I'm so grateful for her. And I watch her happen. She does this interesting thing when we eat. No matter how good the main course and all the assortments of the main course are, she always saves room for dessert for the most important part of the meal. She's a real good Norwegian. Now, I'm a German... And, and 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 so, for me, I, not, that's not me at all. I and mean, when it comes to the main course and all the things around it, if it's really good, I just keep stuffing myself. And I have another habit, not just to stuff myself with that and think nothing about dessert, the best part. I have this habit that, and I don't know if it happened because I was growing up in an era where you you know you had to clean your plate, you know clean plate if you really want dessert. Anybody have that kind of grew up with a little clean plate psychology? Well, I have this habit where I always eat everything, kind of almost start with things I don't like first until I get to the one thing I really like. Anybody else do that stupid thing? Okay, I see people pointing, I'm glad you do. Some are pointing at their kids or whatever. Well, there's a couple of flaws to that. One is, when you do that, you kind of get full, and so you don't have the same vibrancy of taste buds for that thing. And the second thing that happens in something like that is usually if it's something hot, it gets cold. I like my wife's philosophy. You know, you don't stuff yourself. She eats all of it, and then she waits. She saves room. She makes space. And I I was just thinking about this with regard to hunger and everything else, with regard to hunger for God. and I, I got thinking about it, and that is, it's kind of the way we live our life even before God. We just fill ourselves up with all kinds of other things and activity. And they're not bad things. They're good things. They're they're things that are necessities throughout the day. But we, a lot of times, can go throughout the day and we leave very little room or space for God. We, We never even pay attention to that hunger. We don't make space. And so... One of the things we're going to do this year, starting tomorrow, and you can get the little sheets, we'll talk more about it, is we as a church are going to make a statement, symbolic and yet I think real statement, where we're going to say, God, we're going to start by giving you first place and we're going to tell you we're hungry for you. We're going to fast. Some of you, and I I ask all of you to be a part of it. I ask that we all come hungry before God together. Now, I'm not talking, you don't have to fast physical food. We have a sheet that explains different ways. You may want to fast from social media, whatever it is. But the whole purpose of this is to is to say, God, I have natural appetites. I mean, none of us are going to starve, right? We're going to find food. And I can also believe, you know, people who are the news junkies who got to look at their Twitter, social media, or they got to read the paper, whatever it is. You're going to, you'll get your news because you're, that's a priority to you. If you want to stay in touch with what your friends are doing, so you're, you know, kind of one of those FOMO, you know, fear of missing out kind of idea with Facebook or whatever it all says, you'll get it. But what I'm going to challenge you to do, and I'm going to challenge all of us to do, is to let those natural appetites, just say, you know what, I'm going to fast from that. For three days, three days, three days, you could probably do it. Some of you will fast from food or sugars. Some of you may fast from social media. Some of you may actually fast and say, you know what, I'm not going to read the paper for three days. And what I want you to do is to take that impulse. When you start to feel that impulse and go, you know, I want to do that. Because it's going to be natural. You're going to grab your phone. You're going to want to look at it. To go, God, I'm going to stop right now. And I'm going to just let that, that movement, that urge, that hunger, that appetite, remind me of one truth that we just talked about today. And that is, I am asking for you to fill me I'm going to pay attention to one of these hungers in order that I can begin to pay attention to the hunger for you I'm going to ask us all to do that I'm going to ask you to do that for three days and I'm going to ask you to come back on Wednesday night because on Wednesday night we're going to have a time we're going to break the fast so I encourage you all to come back as we break the fast and I want us just to share the things that God has been speaking in your life through that time because I promise you He will speak to you. If you want to hear from Him He will talk to you. Take time when you have that urge and read God's word. Take time when you have that urge and, and say God I'm hungry for you and pray for someone else. There's just so many creative ways you can do this. Just imagine letting Jesus show up in you in these next three days. could be in someone that you're in relationship with. And then the second thing that Jesus says is, My food is to do the will of him. And this is an important thing. Who sent me? Fill me. Send me. I think that's the second thing that you find throughout, and I have a number of verses here. If you go through John, John chapter 5, verse 30, for instance, says, by myself, I can do nothing. Now, if Jesus is saying this, who are we to think we can do anything, right? It's one of the reasons why I pray monthly, and I'd love for more people to come and just put a stake in the ground and say, you know what, this month, God, we're praying because we believe that as we pray to you, something's going to happen. And by myself, I can't do anything. I judge only as I hear, and my judgment is just, for I seek not to please Myself, but Him who what sent me it says that again, and again. John 6, six five six fifty seven. Just as living, the, the living Father sent me, I live because of the Father. See, I, I I I am sustained, I'm nourished. That's what that word, my food, is. It's nourishment comes from Him. So the one who feeds on me, the same thing. The one who feeds on me says, Jesus will live because of me. I live in the nourishment of my Father, and if you feed yourself on me. You will live. And guess what? You will be sent. And Jesus had a purpose to fulfill. And he knew that he was to do this. He was sent by the Father. He lived with an awareness. I'm going to ask you when you do this, film me. And you go for three. I'm asking just three days here. A three-day sent task. Just like Jesus, you have an assignment. You are are not going to your home and where you live in the neighborhood you live by a mistake. It is not by accident you're in the place of work that you're at or the school that you're at or you're in relationship with some people. You are like a domino, which we heard earlier, that is falling into the lives of someone by assignment. An assignment by God that you will give an account for. Because our life is not our own. Your life is not your own. You are praying with hunger, fill me, and you are also praying with a sense of assignment and saying, God, send me. So what I'm asking you for the next three days, here's a simple thing I'm going to ask you to do. As you roll out of bed, okay? how many are rollers out of bed? How many hop out of bed? There are hopper out of bedders. You know, there really are. If you either roll out of bed or hop out of bed or you just kind of slide out of bed, I don't care what it is, I'm going to ask you to do this. Get on your knee and say, Jesus, today... I want these urges, these appetites, these things, wherever that focus is, to redirect my thoughts to you. And right now, right today, right at this moment, before I even get going, I'm asking you what's my assignment. I may not even know what it is, but send me. It's the way Jesus lived he went through Samaria not by accident the spirit of God drew, brought him through there he sat by a well not by accident because God knew there was a woman that was coming that he was going to be conversing with and if you don't start your day and say God what's my assignment send me today just for three days I'm just at three days you will probably miss the person that God has caused you to fall into so send me put me on assignment God And then last, use me. I'm hungry to please you, Father, and I understand that you're sending me because there's a work that you want me to do, and all I'm asking you to do is to use me it's we make the will of god so much more difficult than it needs to be the will of god is very clear in his word the will of god talks about living a life where we don't lie we 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 um, don't use abusive language or thoughts we don't we're kind we're gentle we don't gossip we restrain ourselves from complaining and begin to praise god i mean it's it's all in here it's not hard It's basically a life that says, God, I'm going to love you with all my heart, and I'm going to, with all my heart, soul, mind, strength, body, everything, I'm going to love others. And that's your assignment. The work that you've been called to do is to say, Jesus, fill me, because Jesus always... Worked out of fullness. You will find yourself in life losing fullness. Part of the reason we come on Sunday mornings, and I encourage you to come, is it's a pos- it's a- it's an opportunity to get filled up again. But you don't- this isn't gonna be good enough. You're gonna need it through the week. You're gonna need to be filled up. That's why we're doing these three days, to- to just get our thoughts thinking about, what about throughout the year that we could be hungry for God saying, fill me? And then you go out of here with this task, and you go, I've been sent by God every day. I have an assignment and the assignment is really simple use me God when I find that you are causing me it looks like I'm falling into someone's life accidentally touch that person's life with your love that's what I want to challenge us to do as a church it was about a year and a half ago I, I, I prayed I said and you know, I just as a staff, it was a kind of a joint thing as a group staff and others where we just said, this is what we want to see God do. Imagine a church that just does whatever it takes to serve this area, the people around you, in the name of Jesus. And it, I, I preached this whole series of messages, and then in the last Sunday I preached, and I really sensed God's spirit in it. That last Sunday, I preached it, and I just sense, okay, God, what do you have? And that next night, I get a call from Mike Murray, our executive pastor, who says someone has been hit, fatally killed on our property, and it's hit into our sign, and I call to see if I can come down here, and because of the police and the way they roped off the roads and nothing, they said they couldn't do it. And I remember, and I just went to God, and I said, God, what do you want? And he said, quit imagining. Do it. Just do whatever it takes and I put before you, I want you to serve me. I just ask you, I, I look individually and I just ask you to just examine your heart. This is a team meeting, folks. I just ask you to be in. And just say, God, sign me up. And I just pray that you do these through the next three days. And now you join us on Wednesday and just come back and just celebrate and say, God, we are going to see you do things because God responds to hunger, to people who cry and say, fill me, send me, and use me.